Welcome everybody from around the world once again to uh, our uh, continuing episodes and series of Explaining the Faith. And I'm Father Chris Alar here at the National Shrine of the Divine Mercy. Welcome to Stockbridge where it's snowy, cloudy, drizzly, but hey, we've got something more exciting to talk about today in the faith as you saw from the first slide. Something that is in many theologians and church people's opinions, the most important thing that we are not doing. That's the first Fridays and first Saturdays. And we are here to talk about everything you need to know and to do to be able to receive these graces, not just for yourself, but to help the whole world. So let's begin with a prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we ask that you send the Holy Spirit down upon us to open our minds and hearts to receive the grace you wish to bestow. And through Our Lady, <clears throat> Our Lady that gives us these beautiful graces that we can in many ways follow her directive to offer a reparation, um, a communion of reparations to the Immaculate Heart and to you, your Sacred Heart, Lord Jesus. And we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, thank you, everybody. As, um, as we continue today, we are now in 2021. We are celebrating right now a first Saturday. Now, if you missed, we actually did a prayer service for First Friday, which was last night. And this has already gotten, in just a few hours, because we did it late last night, over 60,000 views between Facebook and YouTube. You can find this already up there. It's, it's left posted. So today we're focusing on the sake, excuse me, on these first Saturdays. And um, I want to just give you a summary of something that I mentioned in my introduction last night. And um, I kind of I'm going to summarize just the first minute or two, the first few things that I say here today. I want to summarize what I said last night. You know, we in this world, everybody's scratching their heads looking for answers. We are facing abortion and crimes against human life. We're, we're looking at redefining marriage from, um, uh, from between a man and a woman. We're looking at the loss of religious freedoms. We're seeing the indoctrination of our youth. We're seeing Marxism and socialism spread around the world, threatening our very country and our world and our way of life. But worse, we're seeing a complete loss of morals um, and a rejection of God that is ultimately leading to something more drastic, and that's the loss of souls. And this is important because in midst of all this, we have to have faith and hope. In fact, we know that God is not going to remain silent. He is going to do something. He's always worked through mankind. He's not going to come incarnate <clears throat> right now until the second coming. He'll come again, but he's already been here. It's up to us to do what his will is. He's always worked through mankind. Now, you... Everybody here watching, as I've been saying from the beginning, if you're watching this on a replay, if you're watching it because somebody sent it to you and you don't even know what this is, um, if you're the son or a daughter of a mom who's saying, you need to watch this or I'm not going to uh, you know, give you your uh, allowance this week, whatever it might be, God's calling you. 
The fact is that the very fact that you are here, the fact that you are watching us is God's grace working in you. You're chosen to be here. You're chosen for this moment. You have a purpose. Now, I've, I said last night, I've been praying to God for an understanding of what it is that we are to do as a as an army. What is it? God has been assembling this army. There's been tens of thousands of people who've joined us, become Marian helpers, and are saying, Father, what do we do? Well, as I've been saying, it's it's this is it. This is a time now where God wants us to be formed to go into this battle. And it's God's will for you to be part of this mission. Now, the sacred heart and the immaculate heart People might say, well, Father, you guys are divine mercy. The sacred heart and the immaculate heart lead us to divine mercy. And I'm going to talk about that today. And it's the only way out of this mess. I said last night, we were born for this moment. We were put here for a purpose. And God bless you for responding to God's call to do that. You know, Mary's got this plan. She's our commander in chief. No commander in chief doesn't have a plan. She has this plan and she gave it to us to defeat this culture of death and all that threatens the world right now. It seems to be unstoppable. The evils seem to be all around us. But the thing is we have faith and belief in our mother who said, in the end, my heart will triumph. In the end, my immaculate heart will triumph. Now, here's the thing. Everybody says to me, Father, I'm not really worried about this because we know God wins. Yeah, God will win the war. We know this. But there are battles that could be lost in the meantime. And that battle is for souls. That battle is what we're facing every day. So the victory is guaranteed, but your job and my job is to limit the casualties. What do I mean by casualties? Lost souls. Yeah, in the end, God is gonna come. Mary's triumph heart or heart will triumph. But how many souls are gonna be lost in the meantime? That's where you and I come in. Our, what we will be judged on is did we save as many souls through our love and our prayers? This is what it is. This victory is guaranteed, but not every soul is guaranteed. That's up to us. And we don't want to lose any in the process. So again, last night I said, we're a special forces group. We have groups from all around the world, many different nations, and we are called Marian helpers. That's why you're here. Mary is our commander in chief. We Marian fathers and priests are the generals. You guys are the officers. And our job is to go enlist the foot soldiers. Pass this, spread this word. Because what I'm about to tell you today is the only way out of this mess. The sacred heart making reparation to also the immaculate heart, which both leads us to God's divine mercy. This is it. There is no other way. And our goal is to bring as many people into this fight as we can. It's the only way we're going to change things. Um, again, I've said we, we've been through boot camp, but now it's time to hit the front lines. And all of you, I've seen you on, on, on the comments and I've been conversing with you guys. God bless you because this is what it's all about right now. And this is Mary's plan. She knows what's best. She knows the plan for this battle. And this plan is First Friday 
and first Saturdays. This is the plan. All right, she knows what's best, and that first Friday and first Saturday, all about reparation. Making reparation to the Immaculate Heart and the Sacred Heart of Jesus for the sins and ingratitude of not just ourselves, but our neighbors. To pray rosaries, prayers, and penances, and especially praying for the conversion of sinners. Today, stay with me because I'm going to list for you everything you need to know. And then at 3 o'clock today, join us for our prayer service that we're going to do a first Saturday prayer devotional service live. All right. Mary's message has been known for decades, but it's needed now more than ever because as year after year goes by, fewer people are doing it. Yet the world's getting in more trouble. So she's calling us to the gospel, to repentance, and to basically holiness and ultimately to heaven. And so this is where you and I have to listen to her orders. Her orders are first Fridays and first Saturdays. Why? How do we know this? Because both Jesus and Mary said so. Jesus said it to St. Margaret Mary Alacoque. We'll talk about that. And Mary said it at Fatima. We'll talk about that. They both lead us to divine mercy and divine mercy saves souls. This is the ultimate goal. So we have a complementarity between the Immaculate Heart of Mary and the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And that gives you a purpose, a meaning to your suffering. Well, Father, I'm bedridden. I can't do anything. Yes, you can. Father, I'm in assisted living. I can't leave my, my room. You can still help. Father, I'm in a nursing home. I'm, I'm, I'm invalid. Yes, you can. This is all stuff that even if we are bedridden in a nursing home, we have purpose. Because that suffering you're enduring, if you can just find a little ounce within yourself to offer it up, we can change the world. And this is what we're going to talk about today. It is penance united to Christ for the conversion of sinners. And remember, Jesus told St. Faustina, the conversion of sinners is the most important prayer we can make. This is what he told her to do at the three o'clock hour. This is what it is to get peace for the United States and your nation and the whole world. All right. So let's start with our slides. Let's look at our first slide here. The first Friday devotion to the sacred heart of Jesus. Let's begin here. This is basically about reparation to the sacred heart for sins and ingratitude that mankind has given to him. Now, the sacred heart. What is the sacred heart? Well, Father, it's just the heart of Jesus. No, it's yes and no. It's it's seeing the physical heart of Jesus as a representation of his divine love for all humanity. Everybody needs a heart. Every body needs a heart. And Christ's body is the church. So to it, Christ gave his own heart. This is what the sacred heart is. It's mankind's devotion to Christ's humanity. Very powerful. But why do we need it? All right. Let's look at the next slide. St. Margaret Mary Alacoque. 
She was a simple nun, just like St. Faustina. See her there? Jesus appeared to her in 1673, which happened to be the same year we Marians were founded. We celebrated our founding for years in 16, being in 1673. Now we say it's 1670, but I think the connection is powerful. Now, what happened? Just like Faustina, St. Faustina, who was at a dance, you may not know this, St. Margaret Mary was at a ball, just like Faustina at a dance, and Christ crucified appeared to her, just like Faustina. At the age of 20, like Faustina, she was inspired to enter a convent, like Faustina. She entered into the Visitation Sisters, who were founded by St. Francis de Sales. Now, they were famed for their humility and their selfishness, and she made her profession. Her name is actually Margaret Alacoque, but after her profession, they added Mary, so she became Margaret Mary. Now, just like Faustina, some years passed of quietness, and then she began to have some supernatural experiences. Now, the first of these, as I said, was in December 27, 1673. She was kneeling in front of the grill in the convent, and she felt this divine presence. And she heard the Lord, listen to this, can you imagine? She heard the Lord inviting her to take a place, the place, I'm sorry, not a place. She heard the Lord inviting her to take the place which St. John the Apostle had occupied at the Last Supper. Can you even imagine? She laid her head on his breast. The Lord told her that the love of his heart must spread and manifest itself to all mankind. Can you even imagine? Then the superior, she told the superior she should, and the superior invited some theologians to hear the story. But like Faustina, they thought she was delusional. All right, so then let's go to the next slide. What's very interesting is this is Father Claude de la Combiere, who ended up being her confessor. And he came and spoke with her and talked to her and was convinced she was normal and telling the truth. Just like Father Sapochko, the confessor of St. Faustina. And guess what? See on that slide, it said February 15th. You want to know what's fascinating? The confessor of Margaret Mary, this one I showed you, Claude de la Combiere, died on February 15th, the same day Sapochko died, Faustina's confessor, and it's also the same day of the namesake or the name day of St. Faustus, who was the martyr who St. Faustina took the feminine form of his name. I, I mean, you, you couldn't invent all this. It's incredible. Now, Margaret Mary suffered from despair, a lot of self-inflicted punishments, and even was held in contempt by her sisters. Again, a lot like St. Faustina. But the opposition from these sisters began to cease after they found some writings uh, from Father Claude, and they were read, and it showed that these were pretty, pretty good. This was some real stuff. Margaret Mary didn't care. She was indifferent about it. 
She didn't care what people thought about her. <clears throat> but then later, when she was a little older, like Faustina, she got very ill. Now, when they were giving her the sacraments, she said, quote, I need nothing but God and to lose myself <clears throat> in the heart of Jesus. So this is what's going on. The sacred heart is regarded as, quote, this is from the writings here, the symbol of that boundless love which moved the word, that's the second person of the Trinity, to take flesh and to institute the Eucharist, to take our sins upon himself, and dying on the cross to offer himself as a victim and sacrifice to the eternal father. Basically, entire, our entire faith, all of salvation history, was just summarized in that summary of the sacred heart. Wow. So here's what's going on. <clears throat> this Margaret Mary Alacoque, who lived in the uh, 17th century, the 1600s, um, during a time of the Enlightenment, when man, especially in France, began to think that they didn't need God and human reason was all you needed. You don't need faith or, or miracles. It's all about human reason. The enlightenment, it's anything but enlightened. It's actually the enlightenment was a darkness. It's funny, they call the dark ages, the dark ages when that's when we were really enlightened with the, with the medieval um, church fathers and whatnot. And then they call the enlightenment years later, which was really the dark ages because they took God out. But what happened was this concept of deism took over. Deism is where people began to believe that even if there was a God, he had no interest in mankind. In fact, let alone love. There was no, no love involved. But God was kind of like this watchmaker who wound up a clock and let it tick. He didn't care. He didn't get involved. And this influenced many Christians into Jansenism. That was a big heresy that put too much focus on God not being loving, but being only a strict justice and disciplinarian. So what happened? The Lord intervened. He said, this is it. Too much of this. So our Lord intervened to dispel this misconception. And who did he use? <laughs> Just like St. Faustina, he used a poor, lowly nun that nobody would think he would use, but somebody who was pure of heart. God reminded suffering humanity that the intimate love he bears is in his sacred heart. So God wanted us to know this. So when he appeared, he basically enveloped, enraptured Margaret Mary in a mystical experience of love. Isn't that our goal? Aren't all of you watching because you someday want to be enraptured in that mystical love of God? Hopefully in the beatific vision at the end of our life, but maybe even here on earth if we, if we, if we discover uh, ecstasy. Ecstasy is not drugs or sex. Ecstasy is that mystical love of God. And so St. Margaret Mary said, quote, Jesus allowed me to recline for a long time on his divine breast, my goodness, in the place of St. John, where he disclosed to me the marvels of his love and the unutterable secrets of his sacred heart. Wow. 
So, in the, this was the first apparition. Now, in the second apparition, which was a first Friday in 1674, and I'm, I'm not going to give you too much history here, but I, I feel it's important to give you some. Christ showered her, or I should say, showered her with graces, yes, but showed her physically the sacred heart. So showered her with the graces of showing her his physical sacred heart. And she said it was, quote, more dazzling than the sun and transparent as crystal. She actually saw Christ's physical heart. Let's take a look at our next slide. This is the famous picture that you've all seen. This is the sacred heart of Jesus. The cross is above it. You see the cross above the heart and a crown of thorns that are circled around it. And it signified the wounds that the heart endured as a result of our sins. And, and, and Christ wanted to show us this. Look at the look on our Lord's face. That's a very powerful face. And a lot of times that face was used in the Hyla image of divine mercy. And this was because he could not stand watching so many people turn away from him. He wanted us to experience his love and his mercy and his grace for salvation. Wow. Then our weak little hearts can imitate his heart if we see the example detached from any inordinate affections of this world, but only to him. So, same way in the, in the Divine Mercy devotion, he wanted that image of his sacred heart spread around the world. Now, the two are connected, and we'll talk about that. So through it, he could pour out all his graces upon the whole world. This is the power of the sacred heart. That was the second apparition to Margaret Mary. Now, let's talk a little bit about the third. This is where Jesus revealed his five wounds. They burned with flames. And he told her, quote, This is more grievous to me than all that I endured in my passion. Can you imagine if they would only give me some return of love, I should not reckon all that I have done for them, and I would do yet even more. You can give me the happiness of making up for their ingratitude, he told St. Margaret Mary. Ladies and gentlemen, joining me today, we too can fulfill that. Jesus said, you can give me the happiness of making up for their ingratitude. Let us do the same. Somebody might say, well, I haven't been invited. Jesus invited St. Margaret Mary. We're inviting you now. You're being invited through Christ's army of Marian fathers by me as a priest, by all of the movement of immaculate, the heart and, and sacred heart of Jesus and the divine mercy. So basically Jesus asked that she receive him in the blessed sacrament often, but especially every first Friday. This is where we're going to get into it. He also requested that she make a holy hour every Thursday night, 11 to midnight. And that's actually where the tradition of the holy hour began. And it was to seek pardon for sinners and to soothe the grief that our Lord experiences and suffers as a result of these wounds. 
People think, well, he's God. He can't ever be hurt. Yes, he can in his human heart. The sacred heart is a physical, physical heart. So not only does Christ love and comfort us through his sacred heart, but we can extend that love and mercy back to him and console his heart. That's what Father Mike Gately's book, Consoling the Heart of Jesus, is all about. So, then in June 1675, Margaret Mary received the final Sacred Heart apparition. And Jesus told her to establish the Feast of the Sacred Heart on the first Friday after the octave of Corpus Christi. It's in June. And he wanted us to receive, here we go, he wanted us to receive Holy Communion on this day in reparation to atone for the outrages to the blessed sacrament that he has endured. That's why the first Friday is for the wounds to the Sacred Heart and first Saturday, which we'll talk about in a minute, our day today is for the wounds to the Immaculate Heart. Now, Going against these Jansenists, St. John Eudes, spelled E-U-D-E-S, basically began the spirituality that demanded not just imitating Christ in our actions, but surrendering to the indwelling of Christ in our heart so that he may thrive within our souls and our heart and that we could share all his graces and virtues. But how? Hmm. Do your part in making reparation to the wounds that Christ has endured in his sacred heart. Father, how do I do that? He told us, receive Holy Communion, especially on the first Fridays. If you can, make a holy hour. Adore him in the Blessed Sacrament. And he also mentioned different things like putting the image of the shrine, of the, or uh, uh, an image of the sacred heart, enthroning it like we do the divine mercy image. These are all little side things, but we're going to get to the core requirements here. The Pope said that this is one of the most important devotions in the last hundred years. And it's celebrated 19 days after Pentecost, a very important feast. In it, Jesus is rekindling the love, especially in this world where hearts have become cold. Now, Jesus makes many promises. Let's look at these list of promises. I'll just go through them really quickly. You can re reference this later. Um, the, this video will remain online. All right, the promises. Jesus said, I will give them all the graces necessary for their state in life, either married, single, or consecrated. I will establish peace in their homes. This is number two on the slide. I will establish peace in their homes. I will comfort them in their trials. I will be their secure refuge during life and above all in death. I will bestow abundant blessings upon all their undertakings. Sinners will find in my heart an infinite ocean of mercy. Sound familiar? Let's go to our next slide. Lukewarm souls will become fervent. Those are the souls that bother Jesus the most. Fervent souls, number eight, will rapidly grow in holiness and perfection. 
Number nine, I will bless every place in which an image of my heart is exposed and honored. Ten, I will give to priests the gift of touching the most hardened of hearts. I'm getting emails, people saying, Father, my husband hasn't been to Mass in 40 years, but he's coming back to the church through these live streams. God bless you. Number 11, those who shall promote this will have their names written in my heart, never to be blotted out. All right, but now we get to the biggie. The 12th and the big promise. Let's go to our next slide. This is the promise of the sacred heart. I promise you in the excessive mercy of my heart that my all-powerful love will grant to all those who receive Holy Communion. Now listen, this is what the devotion's about. Who receive Holy Communion on the first Fridays of nine consecutive months and the grace of final perseverance, they shall not die in my disgrace nor without receiving their sacraments. My divine heart shall be their safe refuge in this last moment. Wow. So we're going to unpack this even more. But that's the promise that launched the first Friday devotion. And we're going to talk about more what you got to do. But before that, this is the beginning of taking Holy Communion as an act of reparation. The key to all this is that when you receive Holy Communion on first Friday and first Saturday, you offer it in reparation for the sins and ingratitude. If it's Friday, against the Sacred Heart. If it's Saturday, it's against the Immaculate Heart. Now, in 1889, Pope Leo consecrated all of humanity to the Sacred Heart in preparation for the 20th century. Holy cow. As bad as the 20th century was, could you imagine if it wasn't for consecration of the Sacred Heart, we never would have made it through it. The world wouldn't even be here anymore. And Pope Leo called it the greatest act of his pontificate and confirmed the first Friday devotion. Those of you who know me well know that I think Pope Leo XIII was the greatest pope in the history of the church. John Paul II, yes, he's right up there. But if he says it's authentic, I'm bought in hook, line, and sinker. And so should you. It's a beautiful way to express first sorrow for our sins that have wounded the heart of Jesus, but second, a way to take and make reparation for our failure to love him in return. Jesus is brought the greatest joy. It tells us in scripture and Margaret Mary, when his lost sheep draw closer to him and we can specially do that in the Eucharist. Hmm. Our Lord basically made this clear to another nun. You hear me keep saying St. Faustina. Listen to what St. Faustina wrote in her diary in 1486 and 367. Listen to this. St. Faustina said, What joy fills my heart when you return to me. I'm sorry, this is Jesus talking to St. Faustina. What joy fills my heart when you return to me. Because you are weak, I take you in my arms and carry you to the home of my father. If you've heard my talk on the mass, that's the exact thing that's happening in the mass. 
This all ties together. My heart overflows. My heart overflows with mercy. This is why divine mercy comes from the sacred heart. It fulfills it. My heart overflows with mercy for souls and especially for poor sinners. I desire to bestow my graces on souls, but they do not want to accept them. Please, everybody. You all have friends and relatives and neighbors who don't want to accept it. Accept those graces first for yourself and then pray for those graces for them. You at least come to me as often as possible and take those graces they do not want to accept. In this way, you will console my heart. Okay, everybody, what is this saying? This is saying there are billions of people in this world rejecting the graces of God. Jesus is telling you, you can step up and accept those graces they reject. Have you ever done that in your prayer? Have you ever said, Jesus, please give me those graces that everyone else rejects? Because those graces are already there. They're sitting, they're waiting for somebody to claim them. It's like the ultimate lost and found. Just somebody to come in and say, that's it. That's what I want. Lord, give me those graces. Those graces that everybody else rejects. And this gives him the most happiness. So the great promise that we just read, number 12, was not meant to be an automatic ticket to heaven. This is not like, oh, I can live my life full of sin and lust and greed and, and anger, but you know what? I'm going to heaven because I, I, I did that quick prayer. No, we have to repent and cooperate with God's grace. What the great promise shows us is that the Lord will never be outdone in generosity. You give him a little, he'll give you a ton more. That's the whole message. In return for our simple little willingness to receive his body and blood on this one special day a month, he promises to pour out a never-ending stream of grace. Father, how do you know this? Read the Bible. John 7, verse 37 says, let anyone who thirsts come to me and drink. You can drink of the rays of the water pouring from his sacred heart. Whoever believes in me, Rivers of living water will flow from within him. This is the way. Wow. So take advantage of this extraordinary generosity of Jesus and console his heart. Make reparation when you receive Holy Communion, especially on the first Friday for nine consecutive months that's all you have to do. Nine consecutive months, receive Holy Communion and offer it reparation for the wounds to his heart. Father, I can't get to communion. We'll talk about that. You make an act of contrition and a spiritual act of communion. And Catechism 1451 tells us that if you do that, your sins, even mortal, are forgiven as long as you have the intent to come back to the sacrament when it's available. So you can do it right now, even if you are bedridden. The best thing to do is go to mass if it's available. God knows, don't use this live stream as a crutch. This is, oh, you know what? Now I can lay around all day in my pajamas, even though there's mass just a block away. No, if you are able to get to mass, you should receive Christ in the blessed sacrament. The next best thing is if you can't, have a priest come and bring it to you. Third, if you can't do that, is join us for the spiritual act of communion.
Now, this devotion, and this is, if you want to learn more about reparation to the Lord's heart, you can see Father Mike Gately's book, Consoling the Heart of Jesus. All right. So this devotion became first popular in France. It spread to Poland. God bless the Poles. And then right here to the United States. And did you know the first petition received at the Holy See for the institution of this feast was from Queen Mary of England. Remember Mary and Elizabeth? They call her Bloody Mary. What a mistreatment of history. Even though Elizabeth was ruthless, she was the Protestant, Mary was the Catholic, and the Catholic Mary gets all the bad publicity, but Mary was the one. Now, June was appointed as the month for the devotion, and since 1929, this feast has been of the highest rank. All right, so how do we summarize this? Our next slide. Here's a summary. Holy Communion on each first Friday. The nine Fridays must be consecutive. So if you didn't do last night, start February. That's okay. Just do it nine consecutive. But when you receive Holy Communion, it must be made in honor and in reparation to his sacred heart. Now, people say to me, Father, well, doesn't this replace divine mercy then? Doesn't this take the place of divine mercy? No, because Jesus' heart is from which divine mercy flows. They go together. Now, let's talk about this. Jesus' heart has the same number of wounds as the number of the sins of mankind. Can you imagine what a wounded heart? Let's look at our next slide. This is the famous image of the sacred heart. The wounds, see the wounds on there? Those are our sins. The crown of thorns around the heart is his passion, while the fire is transformative power of divine love. And a lot of times the crown of thorns is actually on the heart. Okay, so what is the answer to all these sins wounding the heart of Jesus? John Utes, St. John Utes said, the answer is divine mercy. You're wondering why you are watching a Marian of the Immaculate Conception at the Shrine of Divine Mercy? Because it ties it all together. The two hearts are united. Mary and her Immaculate Conception, we are the Marians of the Immaculate Conception. It ties with the Sacred Heart, and the Sacred Heart is the source of which all divine mercy comes from. We Marians are all about Jesus and Mary. <clears throat> That's why I'm a Marian, and you are now a Marian helper. You are part of this mission. God is calling you to be part of this, even if you can't leave your room. So what's going on? Jesus saw divine mercy as mankind's last hope of salvation. But that mercy is the perfection of the sacred heart. What do we mean? All right. St. John Utes said, of all the divine perfections mirrored, mirrored in the sacred heart of our Savior, we should have a very special devotion to divine mercy. And this was in the early mid-1600s, way before Faustina. And we should endeavor to engrave its image on our hearts. Do you know Mitch Pacwa, my good friend from EWTN? He's a Jesuit. And Jesuits always say, you don't need anything but the sacred heart. Mitch Pacwa said, divine mercy completes and fulfills the sacred heart. What is mercy? 
If you've heard my other talks online, mercy is compassionate love. It's a particular mode of love that when love sees suffering, it just doesn't go, gee, I'll pray for you, even though that's good. Divine mercy is the love that sees the suffering and says, you know what, I'm going to do something about it. That's why divine mercy was God the Father doing something about our sinfulness by sending his son and giving us a mother. When you have mercy, it's seeing the suffering of another and taking their mercy upon yourself like a mother does with a child. When a child's sick, the mother feels more pain than the baby. That's mercy. So mercy is a particular mode of love that when it encounters suffering, it does something about it. It takes action. So in the sacred heart, we learn God is love. The source of everything is love. But in divine mercy, that love takes action. That's why in the divine mercy image, we see Christ's left foot stepping forward. Listen to St. Catherine of Siena. The sacred heart of Jesus is all love. But the form that love takes when it reaches out to humanity is mercy. You see how this is all connected? Do you see why a Marian priest is telling you about the sacred heart? And why you've been brought into this by God to be part of it? Fascinating. Faustina said, love of God is the flower, but mercy is the fruit. And Dr. Stackpole, the theologian who works for us here, said, quote, we need both the feast of the sacred heart and the feast of divine mercy, just in case you were wondering if you only needed one or the other. He says you need both. The feast of the sacred heart of Jesus was meant to be a day of loving reparation to his heart. That's why we celebrate the sacred heart of Jesus in reparation in the first Fridays consoling his heart while the feast of divine mercy is supposed to be a celebration of all the merciful love that flows from that sacred heart you see it both feasts are needed and jesus himself asked for them both amazing wow so how does god's merciful love come from his sacred heart the image, the image of divine mercy. Blood and water, the scripture tells us, came out of his side, but actually, Dr. Stackpole tells us when the spear that was stuck in Jesus' side on the cross went through his chest cavity, it actually punctured his heart. And the blood and the water that flowed out the side actually came from his heart when he was pierced by the spear. So let's look at our next image. You've seen this. This is the image of divine mercy. The white ray, which represents baptism and confession, the cleansing waters of baptism and the healing words of confession, and the white ray, the red ray, or the, the dark ray, or I should say the, the, the pale, I'm sorry. <laughs> my, my. As you can see, I got one hour of sleep last night working on this, trying to uh, put everything together, so have mercy on me. The red ray is the precious blood. This is everything. So the two main tools, let's look at this image. You know what Satan's only two tools are? Sin and death. And so Satan's first tool, sin, is wiped out by that first ray, the cleansing waters of baptism and confession. They wipe away sin. And Satan's second great tool of death 
is wiped out by the red ray, the precious blood, which is life. Why? Because blood was the life of the animal to the Jews. To the Jews, blood was life. So if Satan's tool is death, what wipes out death? Life. And what was life to the Jews? Blood. This all connects. You don't need anything more than what we're talking about here today. And be part of it. You are with us. Praise God. Every one of you has been selected by God to be here. To receive this grace. And to do our part to save others. Because those who have not been sent here, our job is to get them here or to pray for them. All right. So do the enthronements of the sacred heart image and the divine mercy image compete? No, they're both the same heart of Jesus. They are both the same sacred heart of Jesus. So it's the same heart, but just under different aspects. Listen to this. This is fascinating. It's the same heart, but different, under different aspects. What do I mean? In the sacred heart, we console him. In the divine mercy, he consoles us. Wow. Again, the sacred heart, Jesus said, come to me and make reparation to the, for the sins and ingratitude against my sacred heart. I am love. We didn't do it. We got to go back to that. God saw we didn't do it, so he poured out his mercy out of that heart, out of the sacred heart, all over us. That's the image of divine mercy. The blood and the water poured out over the world, and we still didn't accept it. So, ladies and gentlemen, go back with me to the source. Make reparation to that sacred heart so that sacred heart wounds can be healed, and it can pump back out that great divine mercy rays of red and white, blood and water. If we heal that sacred heart, if we heal the wounds of that sacred heart, that sacred heart can gush forth even more rays of mercy on this world. Right now, the mercies of, of blood and water are being clogged up because the holes of the wounds, it's just all over. And, and we have to heal those wounds so he can pump those graces into this world. This is why the warnings of Mary are always contingent. If we make reparation to the sacred heart and heal those wounds then more mercy will be brought on the world. It'll be poured out. I didn't even think about this before this talk. I'm just, it's just coming to me right now. But it makes perfect sense. I mean, it makes so much sense. In the sacred heart, we come to him. But in divine mercy, if we let him, he pours it out to us. But because the sacred heart is so wounded, how much more can our Lord keep pouring out mercy on this world when we keep killing the babies in the womb, redefining marriage, taking away religious liberty, closing churches? Do we really think God's going to keep pouring mercy out onto the world? Pretty soon it's going to be justice. Let's get back to heal that sacred heart so that that sacred heart can be healed and then pour out that mercy again. This is the answer. Praise God. So, this is what we have here. The diary, 1553. Oh, Jesus, St. Faustina said, it is through your compassionate heart, as through a crystal, that the rays of divine mercy have come to us. There it is. It is through your compassionate heart, as through a crystal, that the rays of divine mercy come to us. That's why we got to make reparation to that sacred heart, so that those rays can keep coming to us. Holy mackerel. 
Divine mercy, our diary, 1570, through his merciful heart as through an open gate we pass through to heaven. Wow. There you go. That's the first Fridays. <laughs> now I've used up most of my time for the first Saturdays where we're in today. But you know what? We can't. We can't. We got to go over with it. Please stay with me. The first Fridays. Let's look at our next slide. The first Saturdays, I keep saying first Fridays, first Saturdays, this is devotion to the Immaculate Heart. She's the one who leads us to that Sacred Heart. Well, Father, you just told me about the Sacred Heart, that's all we need. Well, we got to get there, don't we? What good is it to get to the Sacred Heart if we can't find our way? What good is the Sacred Heart to us if we don't know how to get there? Mary's the way to Jesus through Mary. That's Mary in consecration. Mary in consecration is all about to Jesus through Mary. And so this is it. Jesus said, Mary's heart has two qualities. It's sorrowful and it is immaculate. And he wants both recognized. Sorrowful, just like Jesus' heart had two aspects, so does Mary's. Remember I just said Jesus' heart, the sacred heart is about us coming to him and, and is, the divine mercy heart is about him going out to us. It's the same with Mary. The sorrowful heart means everything she did for Jesus. She shared in his sufferings. And Father Apostoli said this. I, I borrowed this from Father Apostoli. And he said the immaculate part of her heart is meant everything God did for her by preserving her from any stain. So let's look at this. Next slide. Let's go back to St. John Eudes. In the 17th century, he's the first one who began the modern devotion of the two hearts. Isn't that beautiful? Look at the two hearts there. His mission was to connect the sacred heart of Jesus to what he called the admirable heart of Mary. Isn't that cute? He was the first to dedicate churches to the sacred heart and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Isn't that amazing? Think of how many churches we know called the Sacred Heart of Jesus. We have one of those in Pittsfield and other churches called the Immaculate Heart of Mary. He was the first one. So devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary began to mostly spread, though, at Fatima. That's where it really became to spread. Now, I, if you haven't seen my talk on Fatima, you can look it up. We have it as one of the series talks on uh, explaining the faith. But let's just summarize it real quick. All right, next slide. On July 13th, now Mary started appearing on May 13th, 1917, but the big one was July 13th. Mary, in the first part of that day or that vision, Mary showed the children a vision of hell and told them that great trials were going to come upon earth if they didn't do, people didn't do what she told us. She warned of chastisement. Again, this is if we keep not repairing the wounds of the sacred heart so it can pour mercy out. She warned of chastisement, but said it was conditional. This is why we're here. So that the Lord's hand will not strike. Faustina held the hand back of the angel that was going to strike at Poland by the Divine Mercy Chaplet. And by the rosary of the children at Fatima, Mary said these chastisements could be prevented through a couple ways. First was consecration to Russia. We'll talk about that in a minute. But also, the faithful had to offer their communion on five consecutive First Fridays, guess what, in reparation 
for the sins against the Immaculate Heart. Very similar to the Sacred Heart. But now we're talking Mother Mary. Mary told Lucia, one of the three children in Fatima, that she was asking on the first five Saturdays of consecutive months this. Next slide. First, go to confession. Again, if you can't make an act of contrition. Next, receive Holy Communion. Again, if you can't physically have a priest come to you. If that is not possible, make a spiritual act of communion, which we will do at the end of this talk. Then recite or pray the rosary, five decades. At the time, it was joyful, sorrowful, and glorious. John Paul II has now added the luminous. And then meditate on the mysteries of the rosary for an additional 15 minutes. Mary said, keep her company for a quarter of an hour while meditating on the mysteries of the rosary. Again, this is very powerful. All right. So as the catechism tells us, don't despair. Father, I can't get to confession. Again, catechism 1451. If you can't get to confession, make an act of contrition, but promise and have the intent to go to confession when next available. Same with communion. If you can't get to communion, make a spiritual act of communion and have the intent to go to Holy Communion as soon as possible. Now, let's talk about this first Saturday promise. Next slide. She promises to assist those at death with all the graces necessary for their salvation. Wow. Can you get a better advocate? Seriously? Now, we all know Fatima began on May 13, 1917. Did you know that that was the feast of Our Lady of the Eucharist? There we go, again, connecting Mary and Jesus. Just like the Christmas octave, first day of the octave is Christmas, birth of Jesus. Last day of the octave is Mary, the mother of God. You can't separate Mary from Jesus. You can't do it. Now, what happened? Next slide. On May 13th, the children, Lucia, who was 10, Francisco, who was eight, and Jacinta, who was seven, said a lady more brilliant than the sun appeared to them. Wow. Mary asked for prayers and penance to never offend God again. She said mankind must abandon oneself to God and the source of love and mercy, who is God. So abandon yourself to God, who is the source of love and mercy. All right, so Mary said, pray the rosary every day to obtain peace for the world and the end of the war. This is why it's tied into the obligations of the first five Saturdays. She tells them to come back on the 13th of every month for six months. All right, for more detail on this, go to my Fatima talk, but I'm going to summarize it real quick. Let's look at our next slide. Let's talk about the secret of Fatima. Now, the Holy See treats them as three parts, but one secret. There's not three secrets. There's three parts to one secret Mary revealed on July 13th. And as we mentioned, the first part was the vision of hell. I already mentioned that, which was so awful. The, church, the children said they would have died of fright had Mary not already promised that they would go to heaven. Sometimes fear is not a bad thing. It can straighten us out. All right, let's talk about if that was the first part of the secret, 
Mary showed them hell. Let's talk about the second part. Let's go to our next slide. Mary said, you have seen hell where the souls of poor sinners go. To save them, God wishes to establish in the world devotion to my immaculate heart. Wow. Doesn't you think we ought to listen? If what I say to you is done, many souls will be saved and there will be peace. The war is going to end, but if people do not cease offending God, a worse one will break out during the pontificate of Pius XI. Let's go to the next slide. To prevent this, I shall come to ask for the consecration of Russia to my Immaculate Heart. We'll talk about that in a minute. And, underline and, reparation on the first Saturdays. Later, she came and gave the details of that. If my requests are heeded, Russia will be converted and there will be peace. If not, again conditional, she will spread her heirs throughout the world, causing wars and persecutions of the church. The good will be martyred. The Holy Father will have much to suffer. Various nations will be annihilated. But in the end, my Immaculate Heart will triumph. The Holy Father will consecrate Russia to me, and she will be converted. And a period of peace will be granted to the world. All right, before you say that's not happened yet, Father, stay with me. Let's go to the third part of the secret. Now, the third part of the secret, you know, uh, it's not on the slide, but an angel cried out, penance, penance, penance. But let's read what it says here. Lucia said, the Holy Father passed through a big city, half in ruins and half trembling with halting steps. Interesting because John Paul had a halting step when he got Parkinson's. Afflicted with pain and sorrow, he prayed for the souls of the corpses he met on his way. Having reached the top of the mountain, on his knees at the foot of the big cross, he was killed by a group of soldiers who fired bullets and arrows at him, and in the way there were the, and in the same way. There died one after another the other bishops, priests, men and women religion, religious, and various lay people. Now, do you know that our Holy Father Pope John Paul didn't die from being shot? Remember? Mary said everything is contingent. Everything depends, can be changed based on our reaction. So it seems like enough people prayed that prevented John Paul from being killed that day. He was shot. As the bell tolls. Wow. Awesome. In that third secret, this isn't on the slide, but I can read it. Beneath the two arms of the cross, there were two angels, each with a crystal, crystal aspersorium in his hand, in which they gathered up the blood of the martyrs and with it sprinkled the souls that were making their way to God. You know, I think the blood there is the infants slaughtered in the womb. They're the true martyrs, holy innocents. Then Mary promised a great miracle on October 13th as this July um, apparition. 
She said, on October 13th, I'm gonna do a miracle so all will believe. Now what's funny is, you know what that miracle, St. Joseph appeared? Did you know that? What an amazing coincidence since this is the year now of St. Joseph. It's all coming together. Sacred heart, immaculate heart, divine mercy, St. Joseph, it's all coming together. So let's look at our next slide. What happened on that October day? The sun miracle of Fatima. All right, now, 70,000 people gathered. Some for good reasons, others to criticize. It was all wet, muddy, rainy. All of a sudden, boom, the miracle happened. The sun danced in the sky. And all of a sudden, everything was dry, clean, clear. So does that mean all was good, right? Mary came, did her miracle. Now everybody's cleaned up, then go home? No, World War II still happened. And Mary's predictions of hunger and persecutions of the church still happened. Francisco and Jacinta, they suffered. Francisco died. And then Jacinta had two ribs removed without anesthesia because of an inflamed lung. Poor little things, they suffered. And you know what she suffered of? They both suffered of the flu, the Spanish flu, the pandemic. The pandemic. 100 years ago, exactly. It's exactly 100 years ago that they suffered with this pandemic of a Spanish flu. Huh. Kind of interesting. In 1925, then in Spain, the Christ child, Jesus, described how Mary's heart was wounded by blasphemy. These blasphemies are horrendous. They are of many kinds. Let's look at this next slide. I just found this online. You want to talk about unbelievable blasphemies? Look at this. I don't know who Emma Maggie Solberg is, but we got to pray for her. I can't even imagine spending one minute on such garbage as the virgin whore. And we wonder why Mary's heart has been so wounded by blasphemy. Jesus said that these blasphemies were against her immaculate conception, her virginity, perpetual virginity, her divine maternity, instilling hate in children against her, and those who revile her sacred images. Don't worry, we're, we're going to show a slide on this. So it's coming up. Don't worry about that. The Blessed Virgin requested of Jesus, she almost never, ever has requested anything for herself that I'm aware of. Now I'm some, sure some theologian could find some counsel back in the day where it said she did. And I could be wrong, I admit. But I'm unaware of any time Mary has ever asked Jesus for something for herself until this. This is how critical it must be to our salvation. And she requested the Five for Saturdays devotion because of these blasphemies. Have we responded? Man. Father Seraphim is going to be joining us at 3 o'clock today. And he tells a story, this is very interesting, of a priest that was in Japan that shared a story with him that when he met this priest in Rome. And this priest said that the ambassador from Japan, who's not Christian, 
approached this priest and said, war is your fault. And he pointed to this Japanese priest, Catholic priest. And he said, we do not have peace in the world and it's the Catholic's fault. Hmm. The priest said, ambassador, why do you blame us? And the ambassador said, I've told, I've been told about this. I've been told about the lady who came to you Catholics at Fatima, right? That's what you believe, right? He said, yeah. He said, well, what did she tell you? She told you what to do to secure peace in the world. Well, there's no peace in the world, so it's obviously you Catholics haven't done it. And he said, done what? He says, this five first Saturdays. Holy cow. Here's a non-Catholic calling out a Catholic priest. You're not even doing the five first Saturdays. And you wonder why there's not peace? That's an incredible story. The priest said, but isn't peace everyone's responsibility? And the ambassador was vehement. He said, no, she came to you Catholics. She didn't come to the Buddhists. She didn't come to the Hindus. She came to you, you Catholics, and it's your responsibility. Holy mackerel. This ambassador had more faith than most Catholics. So yes, Mary came and asked for these specific things at Fatima for us to have peace. What are they? Again, to pray the rosary every day for peace in the world, for the consecration of Russia, and each of us individually to take Mary into our heart, to make reparation to her immaculate heart, to make reparation for the sins against that immaculate heart, and to observe the five first Saturdays of reparation. If you don't need any more evidence of the importance of doing this, I don't know what does. So what are these five first Saturdays? Our Lady explained the five first Saturdays to Sister Lucia in December 1925. Here's what she said. See, my daughter, my heart encircled by thorns with which ungrateful men pierce it at every moment by their blasphemies and ingratitude. Do you at least strive to console me? Let's ask ourselves that question. Tell them that I promise to assist at the hour of death with the graces necessary for salvation for all those who, in order to make reparation to me on the first Saturday of five consecutive months, go to confession receive Holy Communion, say five decades of the rosary, and keep me company for a quarter of an hour, that's 15 minutes, meditating on the mysteries of the rosary. We are going to do that today at three o'clock. Father, I can't remember how to do this. I'm not exactly sure. I'm a little hesitant. Join us at three o'clock. We're going to make an act of contrition, an act of spiritual communion, we're going to pray the rosary and we're going to meditate. I'm going to walk you through a meditation on the rosary. Mysteries. Why are the five first Saturdays picked in particular? Jesus explained this. Why not nine like this, the sacred heart? Why five? Jesus explained this to Lucia in May of 1930. He said, this is easy. It's clear. He said, there are five kinds of offenses and blasphemies most spoken against the immaculate heart. 
This is what I was talking about earlier. Now, I show the next slide. I made a mistake on this, though. Number one is really the title, Blasphemies Against the Immaculate Conception. That's actually number one. And I'm sorry. Uh, do we have the slide up, Brother Mark? Is the slide up? Okay. Um, number two is Blasphemies Against Her Perpetual Virginity. So number one is Blasphemies Against the Immaculate Conception. Again, I made a mistake. That shouldn't be the title. It should be number one. Blasphemies against her perpetual virginity. Mary wasn't a virgin. She had many other children. Again, I do a talk on Mary that you can find on YouTube. Type in Mary and Father Chris Alar. You can see I explain all of this. Blasphemies against her immaculate conception. Oh, she had to be a sinner. No. God's mercy prevented her from sinning in the first place. No, Mary was a sinner. Disgusting sinner. Just like that disgusting book said. She was a virgin whore. No, 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 no. Number three, blasphemies against my divine maternity. No, Mary was not the mother of God. You do not call her that. People refusing to receive her as their mother, the mother of mankind. Four, those who speak to infants and children in the hearts or implant in the hearts of children, indifference, disrespect, or even hate for the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And then fifth, those who revile her directly in her sacred images. Hmm. We see that a lot. Burning, decapitation of these images, breaking of the images. So does, does this still matter? Does the Sacred Heart still matter? I'm sorry, the Immaculate Heart? We know the Sacred Heart does. What about the Immaculate Heart? It seems to be forgotten. Many have forgotten this. Our grandmas and grandpas did these devotions, but do you? I have to admit, I, I, I'm, I'm being totally honest with you. My grandma did these, but I didn't. And even as a priest, I wasn't doing them correct. Praise God that we're all meeting here together as an army, so we're getting our marching orders. So many have forgotten, but the five first Saturdays are still relevant. We still have war going around. Non, not, not a lot of peace we still haven't seen the fulfillment of Our Lady's promise that in the end, her Immaculate Heart will triumph. So what's going on here? Well, wait a minute. Didn't she say the Holy Father will consecrate Russia? Mary said, quote, the Holy Father will consecrate Russia to me and Russia will be converted and a period of peace will be granted the world. Well, wait a minute. Has that happened? What do you mean, Father, that it's happened? Well, look at our next slide. Sister Lucia said he made the consecration in the way in which the Blessed Virgin had wished that it should be made. Afterward, people asked me if it was made in this way, in the way Our Lady wanted, and I replied, yes, from that time on, it is made. Now, she claimed it was made on March 25, 1984. We know that the USSR fell shortly afterwards, just five years later. But wait a minute, there's still not peace. All right, listen, I'm not going to get into the debate of the consecration of Russia. Whether or not Russia was consecrated does not apply to you and me other than prayer. We can't control it. That's between God and the Holy Fathers, the last several popes, and the current pope. And we are not a factor other than in prayer. In the meantime, 
it is questionable. Communism has spread its ears all the way around the world. China is now destroying a lot of the church in, 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 in oppression. And communism as a whole wants to destroy the family because in the family, authority replaces the authority of the state. And so this, I always wondered, why is communism against the family? Because in the family, the authority is the father. We got to destroy the patriarchy. Sound kind of familiar? That's the manifesto of some of these groups that are leading the riots today. Communism wants to destroy the family because it challenges the authority of the state. So why haven't we seen this? Why haven't we seen the conversion of Russia and the triumph of the Immaculate Heart? Remember, whether or not Russia was consecrated or not was only part of the equation. There were two parts. First, yes, Russia had to be consecrated, but whether or not Russia was consecrated or not, we had to do the second part. And that was to do the first five Saturdays. Have we been, have most of us been faithful to her request of the five first Saturdays? This is done through the daily rosary and meditation on the mysteries. We said that we still haven't seen the triumph of the Immaculate Heart. Even Pope Benedict said that. And there still is no peace. Why? Because I believe most of us have not been faithful to the requests of the five first Saturdays and the communion of reparation. When you receive Holy Communion on the first Friday and on the first Saturday, make reparation, communion of reparation to the Sacred Heart on Friday and the Immaculate Heart on Saturday. It doesn't matter if Russia was consecrated or not if we don't do our part. The second part was for us to absolutely, absolutely do our part in the first five Saturdays. Now there's still another problem. <laughs> Boy, you're just full of problems, Father Chris. Let's read the next slide. Jesus said, they did not heed my request. Hmm, what's he talking about? Like the king of France, he's talking about now the sacred heart when Jesus asked that France be consecrated to the sacred heart. They will repent and do it, but it will be late Russia will have already spread her errors throughout the world, provoking wars and persecution against the church. Huh. Could that be what we're seeing today with infiltration? The Holy Father will have much to suffer. So we still have this problem. Even if John Paul II did consecrate, it was late. And this made Jesus upset giving Russia time to spread her errors. It took a long time to be consecrated, if it was consecrated, which the Vatican says it was. I don't want to debate that. So it might take a long time for it to be converted. There's a difference between consecrated and converted. Consecrated means the bishops and the Holy Father did the prayer to consecrate it. Conversion means we actually see the Catholic Church come back in Russia fully. Now, in the midst of this, we have to do our part. And remember, this is not just about five particular days in five months. Oh yeah, I could do it this one day of that month, and I could do it this first day of that month. 
No, this is a way of life. This is not just five little isolated prayers that I do over five month period. That's how I used to treat it. That's why I meant by I was doing it wrong. We need to pray for the grace to be converted in any areas of our lives that are not under Christ. This is why Mary's plan fixes and teaches us to grow in holiness. Right? Especially with monthly confession and holy communion, prayers and penance, and seeking to follow God's will. We have an opportunity to offer these sufferings emotionally, physically, spiritually, the sickness, your pain, your disappointments, your trials, your misunderstandings, your annoyances, as well as any voluntary fasts or penances. We can offer them every day in reparation for the sins against the Sacred Heart and the Immaculate Heart, not just these five days or the nine days of the Sacred Heart. Don't take me wrong here. Nothing is wasted. We should be doing it every day. It should be a way of life, but especially on the first Fridays and Saturdays. Don't worry. Nothing is wasted. If you are homebound, if you are in a nursing home, if you are hospitalized, afraid of COVID or uncertain about the future, unite everything with the cross of Jesus through Mary's immaculate heart in reparation for the sins of the world and for the conversion of sinners, especially all of us. We're part of a Marian family. And starting now, I'm going to be offering this for you. This is where I feel I've been called. This is what I feel God has brought me here for a purpose. This is what I feel I'm supposed to be doing as Father Joseph, who's the director of the Association of Marian Helpers, for all of you, the Marian Helpers. Wow. But do it for other Marian Helpers. Do it for your family, friends, even your enemies. No suffering is too small. It'll all be used. Everything is salvific and powerful when united with Jesus in the Mass. As I say to the little precious ladies at the, at the uh, nursing home, they say, Father, I'm of no use anymore. What's the rule on assisted suicide? I don't want to live anymore. I'm a burden financially to my family and on this staff. No, your sufferings, even an ounce of it, offered up with the cross of Christ through this mass, even live-streamed is more powerful than an atomic bomb. Little things done with great love, even little sufferings. This is the little way. Uh, St. Therese talked about this. Mary will make them great. All right, so wrapping up here, last page. This plan is ongoing and daily, but you renew it in a special way every first Friday and every first Saturday. This is powerful. It will transform us and our hearts will be converted more and more and we will have peace. We cannot have peace in the world and do we have peace in our hearts and we turn with trust to God's divine mercy. Don't you see how it all connects? This is why our next slide is to be a Marian helper. This is what we do for each other. This is what we are supposed to be doing. You're not a Marian helper yet? Jump aboard. Go to micprayers.com. Be a Marian helper. Pray for us. We pray for you. There's no obligation. If, yeah, God puts it on your heart to financially support our ministry, God bless you, but that is not a requirement. I don't care if you ever pay us a penny. If you say, I don't have any money, Father, but can you send me some of these prayer cards and pamphlets? You got it. Absolutely. 
I got to keep the doors open. I know that. But, but, but God will provide if we provide you the spiritual food. Don't worry about it. If I can't donate anything, I don't care. Just open your heart to receive the grace so that we can help save your soul. Not just me, but, but all other Marian helpers. It all comes from God. So the sacred heart, the immaculate heart, divine mercy, they all tie together. The two hearts are one heart, and from that one heart comes divine mercy. There's nothing else like this in the world. We focus on the two spiritual weapons as Marian fathers, Mary and divine mercy. Remember, our apostolate is divine mercy. It's what we do, but who we are as Marians of the Immaculate Conception. And remember, God's greatest act of mercy was the Immaculate Conception. So the goal of Fatima was to establish a world devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, and we're part of that. But remember, she was the Immaculate Conception long before any of these devotions, even Fatima. Who is Mary? She is the Immaculate Conception. I am the Immaculate Conception. And as one of our employees said, that was the beginning of the end of the devil's kingdom. Wow. Satan was waging war now. He can't hurt her. So what does he do? He goes after her children. What do you do when you're a child and you're in trouble? You run to your mom. Mama. I saw some video of this little baby that was just months old going, Mama. <laughs> That's what we should be doing. I mean, we're adults, but we should be going, Mama, this is who she is for us. Satan is waging this war on her children because he has no hold over her. She didn't have any sin. That's why there's perfect enmity between them. That's why she was immaculately conceived. If she was not immaculately conceived, then Satan would have had some hold over her. But he could have, with total enmity, God said there'd be total enmity. That had to mean that this woman who was to come, she wasn't even born yet. This is in the garden. God said there would be perfect enmity between you and the serpent. Well, how could there be perfect enmity? If she had any sin, there wouldn't be perfect enmity because that would mean Satan had some control over her. So this is important that you see it. So to protect yourself every day, appeal to her. Make your morning offering. Ask for prayers of protection, but most of all, reparation to the Sacred Heart and the Immaculate Heart. We've been talking about, we'll try to put some prayer packets up online that you can download for free on our website. More to come on that. But unite your sufferings with Jesus and Mary for the conversion of sinners. Prayer most pleasing to Jesus is for the conversion of sinners. This is what it's all about. So the key is the communion of reparation. Intentionality, have that intention in your prayers. Do penance and reparation for the offenses against the two hearts when you receive Holy Communion, especially on First Friday and First Saturday. Again, if you cannot go to communion on Saturday, Father Apostoli says in his book that you can go on Sunday. Father, my church isn't open on Saturdays. We don't have Saturday Mass. Well, you can go on Sunday and fulfill this obligation. So as an employee and I were talking, the best thing that you can do is first receive physically. If you can receive physically, go. So you can make an act of communion, spiritual act of communion with us today on Saturday and go to Mass and receive communion actually on Sunday. That's like the best combination. Well, I take that back. Actually being able to receive on Saturday at the daily Mass, a morning Mass would be best, and then going Sunday to fulfill your Sunday obligation. 
The next best would be Saturday making an uh, act of spiritual communion with us and then going on Sunday to receive Holy Communion. At any time, you can go to confession if your priest is available or make an act of contrition. All right? Even if you forget at confession, you should also make your intention for the reparation at your confession for the first Friday and first Saturday. And remember, one confession suffices. You don't have to go to confession on Friday and then turn right around again and go on Saturday, even though some of us might need it. You don't have to do that. Well, if you're in mortal sin, yes, you do. Okay? If you're in mortal sin, you have to. But what you have to do is go to confession as close to that Saturday as you can. Now, when Father Posse wrote his book, he said about eight days, but since then, the church has extended the plenary indulgence to 20 days before or after for confession. So if you're in a state of grace, you could go. You know what? I heard him explain it best. Just go in that month. You should be making you should, an effort to go to confession monthly. If you do that, you're covered. You're covered for every first Friday, every first Saturday if you go once a month. Now, if you're not in a state of grace and you've committed mortal sin, you gotta go again. But go, go, even if you forget at that confession to make the intention for the reparation to the two hearts, you can do it at your next confession. So try to go once a month. Even if we can't go to communion or confession under the circumstances of the craziness in the world, we trust that God will receive our attempts to repair his heart and Mary's heart and convert sinners. It's not an excuse to miss mass, though. Do not say, well, Father said I could just do the spiritual act of contrition and the spiritual act of communion. I don't have to go to church. Yes, if church is available, we do. This is for those who can't, bedridden or in the hospital. But everybody could do something. We are constrained to the sacraments, but God is not. And so God makes many promises with these devotions, but it should be first for reparation to the sacred heart and the immaculate heart. It shouldn't be first that we get the promises, even though those are great, and the promises to help us. But that shouldn't be our only motive. Our motive should be to help wound or uh, help the wounds of, of the Immaculate and Sacred Hearts. So the promise of the five first Saturdays, again, to summarize, is to assist us at the hour of death with the graces needed for salvation. And salvation is the main goal of our life on earth. So is this important? Well, if you say the main goal of your life on earth is salvation and doing this helps get you the graces for salvation, yeah, I would call it pretty important. So if you make the five First Saturday devotions even once, five consecutive, you should be doing it the whole year, but even once, Father Apostoli said, Mary will not forget it, but you should keep doing it. Begin, it becomes a way of life. Pope Benedict said, learn the message of Fatima, live the message of Fatima, and spread the message of Fatima. And doggone it, I was going to read you from his book, that particular section, and I forgot it. Again, with one hour of sleep, I just am not sharp. So it's page 230 of Father Apostoli's book on the message of Fatima for today. Beautiful. All right, so we should plan to make these first Fridays and first Saturdays as regular as possible. We can spiritually do this during lockdowns and in person once this emergency has passed. All right. God bless you guys. We're going to now finish with a summary. You forgot all this? 
Father, I can't remember all that. Join us at three o'clock today. We're going to walk you through it. And if not, let's summarize. Next slide. First Friday. Receive Holy Communion on each first Friday. The nine Fridays must be consecutive and they must be made in honor and in reparation of his sacred heart. You do that, what's the promise? Jesus' promise, number 12, in the excessive mercy of my heart and the all-powerful love I will grant to all those who do this. Final perseverance. They shall not die in disgrace, nor without receiving the sacraments. My divine heart shall be their safe refuge. That's the promise. Now let's finish with First Saturdays. All right, what is First Saturdays? Tell them that I promise, this is Mary, to assist them at the hour of death with the graces necessary for salvation. Those who, in order to make reparation to me on the first Saturday of five consecutive months, do what again? Last slide to show it again. Go to confession or make an act of contrition. Go to communion or make a spiritual act of communion. Pray the rosary and meditate on the mysteries for 15 minutes. God bless you. And as the last slide shows, if Brother Mark can put it up, heaven has promised, now it's up to us. This is amazing. So God bless all of you. And you know what? I said we would make a spiritual act of communion and an act of contrition. An act of contrition is just in your own words, tell God that you're sorry and you'll try to do better and I make reparation to the sins and the wounds of the heart that I've caused you and all others. And the act of communion is just saying, Jesus, I believe you are present in the most blessed sacrament. I love you above all things and I desire to receive you into my soul. But since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, Come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Wow. You have all been brought here for a purpose. You've all been brought here for this moment. Last night, I made the comment that I'm a big hockey fan and Herb Brooks of the 1980 USA hockey team told his team before the Russian game that they were have given no chance to win, that this was their time, that they were born for this moment. He said, you were born to be hockey players. If that motivated them so much to go out and beat the Russians who they had no business beating, you too were born for this moment. You were born to be here and you too can go as David and slew Goliath. What is Goliath? This culture of death. We can defeat evil. How? Not us, but us helping usher in who will defeat it. The Immaculate Heart of Mary. And with the five first Saturdays, we can usher in the triumph of the Immaculate Heart. God bless you on this mission. And be careful out there. There's a lot of pitfalls. Don't fall in the pit. If you do, get back up by going to confession. And with God's grace and mercy,
We know we won the war, but we'll win this battle. And we won't lose souls in the process. Our job is to prevent those casualties. God bless you. And through the intercession of Mary Immaculate, may Almighty God bless you and yours, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Why be a Marian helper? Because we Marian fathers celebrate a mass for you and all our members each and every day. You can share in all the prayers, good works, and merits of all the Marian priests and brothers around the world. And now you can share the graces just as if you were a Marian priest or brother. Every All Souls Day, we see a mass for all the deceased members of the Association of Marian Helpers. Again, there's no way that after we die, we can help ourselves, but we have to rely on the prayers of those here on earth. And we members of the Marian Fathers will be praying for you as a deceased member of our association. You can share in the graces of the perpetual novena to the divine mercy. Remember Jesus told St. Faustina that the chaplet of divine mercy is one of the most powerful prayers we can make. And every day here at the shrine of divine mercy, we pray it and you can share in those graces. So if you have any questions or you wanna learn more how to be a Marian helper, please visit micprayers.com or call 1-800-462-7426 and let me personally pray for you and your loved ones. Thank you and may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.